0: Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Okay, before we meet our guest, I have to tell you about the app that has helped me get into the Word every single day. Dwell is a Bible app I've just totally fallen in love with. Their mission is inspired by the psalmist who admonishes us in Psalm 119 to hide the Word of God in our hearts. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experience for the scriptures. I personally listen to Dwell first thing in the morning when I sit down at my desk and I do some prayer journaling. And currently I'm going through the Beloved Listening Plan And I'm just loving the way that this allows me to get into the Word every day in a way that's specific to how I learn best. I set a reminder on my phone to pop up so I can easily just open the app and hop into my listening plan. I also love that they have scripture playlists, like ones based on mood, so you can find something from the Lord no matter what you're feeling. One of the coolest things about Dwell is their new read-along experience. And if you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from read-along at Dwell. Gorgeous backgrounds, big, bold text that scrolls as the narrator reads to you. I'm telling you, you've got to try it, and I think you're going to love it. So go to dwellapp.io forward slash wildconfidence to get 10% off of a yearly subscription or 33% off of Dwell for Life. Kat Harris is an online educator, digital content creator, and female empowerment advocate. She loves God, a good Beyonce dance party, and has an affinity for ranch dressing. (laughs) That cracks me up every time her vision is for women to know their beauty, identity, and value. You know, she is a co-founder of the online publication, the refined woman and host of the refined collective podcast. She has been a full-time photographer for the last decade with her work being featured in GQ Forbes, people who, what, where us weekly and glamor UK. She believes in the power of story that done is better than perfect quality triumphs quantity, and that the journey truly is the destination. The vehicles for her message are her podcast, online courses, written articles, hosted leadership development workshops, speaking at conferences, and more. It has become a bigger passion in her life than she ever could have imagined. Let's hop into our conversation with Kat. Hey y'all, welcome back to Wild Confidence Podcasts. I'm so excited for today. I know I say that a lot, but like for real, this guest um, I've actually been following for a while. I love everything she says. She is raw, unfiltered, and truth-filled. Kat Harris, welcome to Wild
1: Confidence. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much <laughs> for having me, girl. I am very excited to be here and just excited to chat with you. And let's just, yeah, I guess be unfiltered. I'll, I'll really try my best not to drop any explicit bombs. <laughs> You're allowed to do that. I can, I can throw in, I can throw on an E on this
0: episode. No okay, problem. Okay. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> We're wild over here. Let's go. Wild over here. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? What are you up to? Well, what am I up to today? I, well, so my book comes out in a few months and this is the first time I've ever written a book. And there's just like little things every day that I'm doing in preparation for that. And one of those things is Instagram and social media planning, which like, I would rather clean my floorboards and underneath my bed than be like, let's just create my social media calendar. So (laughs) I was like, and it's also one of those things. Once I actually sit down and do it, it doesn't take that long, but I've literally been avoiding it for weeks. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I can't (laughs) do it. I don't have the time for it. And then and I did it. So and then now you're here. You know, doing that. Now talking to you, we're trying to figure out, I have this brand new mic. We don't know if it's working or not. So, <laughs> you know, you have a brand new mic. I have a brand new dog. It's mm-hmm. just, we're, we're really overcoming oh some uh, challenges today. Oh your dog <laughs> is so it. cute though. I really, I, I mean, I know you want your dog to be quiet, but I also think <laughs> really, really cute. And maybe she just wants to talk to us.
0: I know. I think she does. You know, it's crazy. Um, by the time this comes out, your book will have just come out and Gosh. I will have two dogs in the house. So, oh, please don't eat the aloe plant. Is that poisonous for them?
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I moved it. Is the aloe Holy plant a chocolate? That's about Holy all. heavens. I, I know. Me too. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Well, look, I'm so pumped that we connected online. Me too. Very um, excited. I love meeting people who are Christians that are are more like me, more in line with uh, with my attitude towards things. I think and and viewpoint and uh, bless you, Ziggy. And like, just the, so you know,
1: guys, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't think I went very far, but but I really appreciate your. Uh, I mean, we said it before. Your raw, unfiltered. Um, viewpoint on things. And I'm definitely going to get into our actual questions, but I'm wondering how you handle the uh any pushback or any like things you might get in your DMs. Or do you even have oh my
1: that? gosh? I feel like pushback is my middle name. <laughs> or or I I kind of joke that I came out of the womb ruffling feathers. I just <laughs> love that. And I just recently dawned on me. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a I'm a prophet. Like, I'm a truth teller." And yeah. it's like I would kind of joke about that in the past, but one of I was with one of my pastor friends recently, and I mean, just last week I lost 3,000 followers in one week. What? <laughs> what? Because I'm, you know, sharing I'm sharing some hard truth about, and this is that post specifically had to do with some political stuff. And Mm. I think for me, for a long time with what I was doing with my brand, The Refined Woman, I think I felt like I had to please everyone. And in that, I constantly felt too Christian for a non-Christian world and not Christian enough for Christians. And I just, And so because of that, I kind of put myself in a box of, okay, so maybe don't say this thing or maybe just soften your verbiage here. And then I don't know if it was just the perfect storm of... a global pandemic, (laughs) gold (laughs) pandemic meets politics, meets America feeling like the Hunger Games meets, you know, Black Lives Matter meets all this stuff happening. I just felt like you know what? No longer am I going to choose to not be the person that God has created me to be in order to make other people feel comfortable. And also, in me not sharing the truth God has put on my heart, it's me hiding behind my privilege. And so, girl, I just piss people off all the time. And I get, <laughs> I mean, I get DMs, I get hate email and comments all the time. And I think the thing that is most sad about that is it's, I would I mean I would say 99.9% of the time from Christians. Yeah. And I'm like, "Man, why are you spending your time hating on a stranger on the internet?" Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on in your life? <laughs> right, right. Well, the we'll plank in your own eyes Yeah. Yeah. It's- so, I mean, I think what I I definitely do have thick skin, but it you know, you catch me on an off day and, you know, you can have a hundred compliments. And the one person that's like, you're fat. Why did you wear that? Or I can't believe you said that. How do you even consider yourself a woman of faith? I mean, it, it definitely hurts. And, right. you know, I think we, we lose something with online interaction. 1,000%. We, we lose like, Oh, when I say something, it makes a person feel a certain way yeah. or it's hurtful or bullying. And so, Yeah. 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 It it it's hard sometimes. I handle it well. Sometimes I bite back, and then I'm like, "Well, <laughs> that wasn't helpful." <laughs> I did that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your enneagram type? Is it a three? Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I I knew that. Well, what about you? I'm a two wing three. Okay. Okay. So I have a lot of three, but more two. Yeah. And sometimes it's annoying, but I, I'm just thinking about like how you and a couple of other people that I really admire on Instagram, whenever you share something, how, how you do rebuttal or how you respond. Um, I think it takes a certain level of confidence that I don't think I've tapped into yet, which, um, is why I'm, I love consuming y'all's content is, because it it affirms what I want to say. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, let's get it. Like I'm I'm y'all's hype girl in the background. Yes, um, yes. And and I know it takes some time to develop that confidence or uh, step into it. So I, I'm wondering, like, what was what was a time that you may have lost that or not had that, and what did that kind of look like? Yeah. Oh, that's a good
1: question. Oh man, I think of so many different things, but I think in regards to my voice and me owning my voice, my truth, my experience of God, who I am, who others are, I think I had a really um, fork in the road moment a few years ago when I was going through the process of signing with a publisher for my book. And I essentially had, you know, I'm writing my first book. I I don't know what what the heck I'm doing. I'm thinking maybe after I send out all my pitches, I'll get one offer. And if I get one offer, I'll, you know, be so grateful. Well, as life would have it, we got a bunch of offers back and it was like such a humbling experience. So incredible. And there was one offer that was well above the rest it was like, this advance could literally change my life. Like I okay, let's could go. quit photography. I like, this would really change the trajectory of my life. But the yeah. catch was, we love you. We love your story. Um, in my store, my book is called Sexless in the City. A sometimes sassy, sometimes painful, always honest look at dating, desire, and sex. It's about it. me growing up in Southern Bible Belt evangelical culture and learning a sexual narrative based off purity culture, a list of do's and don'ts, like good Christians don't have sex until marriage, all that stuff. And I never questioned that at all until I moved to New York City in my late 20s started dating. I was like, Oh, it's like really hard not to have sex when you're actually dating. So (laughs) what do I do with that? So it's sort of my fork in the road process of what do I believe about God? What do I believe about intimacy? What do I believe about sex? How do I want to move forward? And I, so that's the story. That's the, the book is me figuring out what do I believe about God and sex and all the things. And spoiler alert, like I wrote the book as a virgin and I'm still choosing to abstain from sex until marriage. So I don't have this like, you know, racy wild story or anything. Um, and this publisher that is offering me this crap ton of money is like, We love your story. It's just a little intense. And so when you share about your past, it needs to be from the lens of, I'm so ashamed that I did X. I'm so ashamed that I did Y and don't do like me do like, do like what I, how I am now. And first of all, I was like, if you think that girls in their thirties aren't like wondering whether or not they should be having oral sex and sleeping over at their boyfriend's house, like you are living under a rock. Exactly. And it felt like this moment of, am I going to choose integrity in my voice? Or am I going to maybe downplay a little bit, soften myself which I feel like has been part of the message that I received my whole life as a woman. Can you Absolutely. just be a little bit less? Can Absolutely. you want a little less? Can you achieve a little less? Like, let's just try to make all the men in the room a little bit more comfortable. So yep. just, shh, just be quiet. And mm. I wish I could say it was like a very easy decision to be like, yes, I'm gonna walk away from all of that to stay true to who I am and my message because I'm not ashamed of my past, nor should I be. Every moment, every step, every misstep has led me on a path to where I am today. And I don't regret it. And so I ended up walking away from that offer and going with a publisher that I'm so, so grateful to be with. Um, And they've just really let me share my story. But I think that was a pivotal moment for me where it was like, is my story too much? am I too much? I mean, I've been hearing this message from different people in different avenues my whole life and here it is again. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to bow down to it? Or am I going to finally say, no, enough is enough. Yeah, I get to share my story and what God has put on my heart and I do not have to be ashamed or quiet or ask for permission anymore.
0: Absolutely. And I love what, what you're talking about with, uh, the, narrative that the church tells us um mm-hmm. when it comes to sex uh, I saw a meme <clears throat> I saw a meme yesterday that was like parents be like don't have sex sex is bad sex is bad and then suddenly they're like I want grandkids
1: yes, yes. I'm like <clears throat> okay
0: that is very confusing Oh yeah. As I mean, it's and not only is it confusing in your you know teens and twenties and thirties, and but that doesn't even bring into consideration the temptation
1: mm.
0: and and the natural desire of what humans are are meant to do and feel and be and you know all of those things. So yeah. I'm That's so cool. excited to to read your book and, yeah, and girl. shout it from the rooftops and, Yeah. You know, there's there's... this. Okay, go
1: ahead. I was gonna say, there's this quote. It's like the quote that opens my book, and it said, it's by this guy, Butch Hancock. And he says, Life in Lubbock, Texas taught me two things. One is that God loves you and you're going to burn in hell, the other is that sex is the most awful, filthy thing on earth and you should save it for someone you love. (laughs) (gasps) that's amazing I saw that and I was like oh my gosh yes this is what what a what opposing dualistic message that we have here like sex is bad. Your body is bad. Your sexual desire is bad. Women, your bodies are scary and you cause men to lust. So your sexual integrity is on your shoulders, but then you also have to hold the backbreaking weight of male sexual integrity on your shoulders and it's gross, bad, dirty, shut it down. And then you get married one day, which (laughs) that day may or may not ever happen. And then this desire that you've shut down your entire life, all of a sudden it's supposed to be like a light switch and you are supposed to go from completely dissociated from your body, like this asexual robot to like lady in the street but a freak in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You guys, um, is this thing on? That's not working. It's not working for us. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: was telling, uh, I was talking to my friend Caroline about this exact thing um, probably a year or two ago. And it was just like, it, I mean, as I'm married now and as that shame has had to be undone, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, mm-hmm. I don't, it's just crazy how, how much you have to undo when it comes to sex. And then you're also like this person who, It, it what feels the weirdest to me is like, because it was so bad how can you grow in your faith when it's okay now? Because it still feels like it's supposed to be bad, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so it's almost like I still feel this like separation from God because from what I was told for so long was so bad. And so Mm -hmm. then I'm like, me and my husband want to go to church together. But then it's also like, yeah, but we're also having sex. And it's like, um, what does that look like? What is, how yeah. are we supposed to reconcile yeah. being holy and quote, unquote, dirty at the same time? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's supposed to all be okay. It's supposed to be like, no, that now you're closer to your spouse and you're closer to the Lord and like all this stuff. No, it's not, it doesn't play out like that. Maybe yeah. it played out like that for some people, but not in my household and not in some of my friends' households. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I would say, I think we're living in the fallout currently of a generation that was given this purity culture message. I kissed dating goodbye, you know, only if on your first date, you don't know if you want to marry the person, why are you even getting to know them and to shut down your sexual desire? And essentially we were taught a message that said, our spirit is good and our body is bad. And that's actually not Christian theology. That's not biblical theology. That's rooted in Gnostic dualism. So the, I, the idea that my body is bad, my sexuality is bad, I am a compartmentalized being is not biblical. Right. Right. That's Gnosticism. Yeah. <laughs> like we're like, we're the, the God story starts in Genesis one, 26 through 31, where the pun intended climax of creation <laughs> is the creation of humanity. Everything else, you see this rhythm of God says it is so, it is good. God says it is so, it is good. God says Mm -hmm. it is so, it is good. And then he's like, wait a second. The last thing that God creates is humanity. And God does something really distinct and says, I want to make God like us, like God's spirit, son, and humans are going to be like a mirror reflector of who I am. And then for humans... God says humans are very good and that doesn't just mean my head or my spirit or my right hand or my right toe. It means all of me. So that means my sexual desire. That means when I feel turned on, There's even something about when we feel turned on and desire sex and intimacy that reflects our creator. God's not like, oh no, system malfunction. It's doing that. (laughs) That's what happens when he wants to have sex. Oh no, this is gross and dirty. No, God designed it. And I think unfortunately, we often start the God story in Genesis three where there's a fall and there's brokenness. The story actually started in chapter one. Yeah.
0: That's so good. And, and so your book, it covers a lot. And, and I'm wondering like, if this is off, we're going, we're going in a new <laughs> direction and I'm here for we're it. going but, rogue. Yeah. But I'm wondering like, okay, how do we, how do we communicate it for my younger sister or yeah. how do we communicate it for the next? Like, what do we, and I know you're doing that. And that's why I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, I'm here for it. Yeah. So, I guess, like, what should, what can I be doing? What can, what can other people be doing other than, I don't know, whatever we're not
1: doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, you can probably attest to this. I can attest to this. Rules and sound bites don't really transform us. Yeah. And God cares about our heart and not just behavior modification. Right. And, and, <laughs> our children don't do what we say or do, they follow how we be. Mm. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, the best thing that I can do as a single person to live a more holistic message for when I am having conversations with my children and I have conversations about sex with my I have an 18 and 20 year old sister and we're talking about stuff all the time. So I think the first thing is me coming to a place where I quiet the external pressure and obligation that I hear about sex and sexuality, both from culture and the church and say, okay, what do I believe? Yeah. And why, where did these beliefs come from? What did I learn about sex and intimacy in my body at home from my parents, from the church, from school, from my peers. And what are these beliefs rooted in? Are yeah. they rooted in fear or freedom? Because the heart of God is freedom and wholeness and love and an abundant life. Yeah. Second Timothy 1 7 says that God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So right. if those sexual narratives are rooted in fear and shame, right off the bat, we can know this isn't God's heart for me. Yeah. And so I think that's like, that's the deconstruction process. And I think a lot of, people in Western evangelical culture from our generation are in sort of this deconstruction mode and rightfully so let's deconstruct all the BS,
0: right? However, like
1: we deconstruct so that we can reconstruct. And then it's, what is God's heart for intimacy? Is there a compelling God narrative around relationships and intimacy, sexual desire? Who does God say I am Yeah. because culture says that, you know, instant gratification. I want what I want when I want, and I am Mm -hmm. the sum of my desires. The church says to shut down your freaking desire. Yeah. <laughs> both are bas- the both core message is the same. They're two sides of the same co- coin with different PR. Both are <laughs> saying that I am my desire, but the church is saying, ah, be quiet about it. But I think the way of Jesus is always a third way. Like Jesus was always like, you know, Sermon on the Mount. You may have heard it said to you this, but I say to you this. So mm. he's, he's acknowledging the cultural norms, the religious norms, and then offering a new story. And so I think the best thing we can do for the next generation is heal our own hearts. Right. And then normalize conversations about sex and desire and feeling turned on and talking about things like masturbation and having conversations that like we might think feel uncomfortable, but here's the thing, the most natural human desire (laughs) is the desire for connection. Sexuality is not just sex. Sexuality is the human desire to have connection with a lowercase other person. Spirituality is the human desire to connect with capital O other. And so sexuality is that thing within us that gets us outside of ourselves to connect with and build relationship with other people. So like kind of how I view it is, is if sexuality were a book, sex and physical intimacy would be one chapter. And so I think to really kind Mm -hmm. of offer ourselves in the next generation, a more holistic look and lens at sex, a a story, a heart a vision, as opposed to a set of do's and don'ts because they just don't work. Yeah, (laughs) It's like more preachable, right? It's easier to say, don't touch his butt, don't look at that, don't (laughs) do this. And it's like, I just, I just what I experienced about the Jesus of the of the scriptures is that's not the Jesus of the scriptures. Yeah. Jesus enters into the nuance. Jesus just does not care about pissing people off or ruffling yeah. the feathers of the religious people or going against yeah. cultural norms to get to the heart. So I think and just have to be willing to go there.
0: Which in going there means getting to know the Jesus of the scriptures and not being spoon fed whatever someone else is telling you, which as children, you, I mean, you kind of can't help, but do that. But as you deconstruct your reconstruction process is, has to involve understanding your creator and who Jesus was like who his heart is like, as you're talking, I'm like, do people know him as Someone of freedom and not of of shame. Mm-hmm. Do people confidently go into the throne room knowing that shame is not allowed there, knowing that freedom awaits? Is is that what's happening?
1: No. If not,
0: yeah, if not. yeah. No. <laughs> if not, like the the reconstruction process has to involve spending time with him in a new way to hear his heart for his children. Yeah, that yeah. is a freedom. And of joy
1: and of peace and, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I think one of the most transformative things for me is when I stopped taking my pastor's word for it and started doing my own research. I mean, yeah. my, I became a Christian in Dallas, Texas, and I call it like the the belt buckle of Bible Belt culture. Yeah.
0: And
1: I remember having this experience with God and the divine and. It's like, then I became a Christian and learned all these rules. Like, okay, why are all these, why are all the women quiet and submissive and mousy? I mean, I haven't been a quiet and mousy person <laughs> since I was born, Exactly. but is that the game I have to play? Why aren't there women on stage? Why are women only on stage if it's a woman's night or yeah. in the nursery or high school students? I just started noticing this this culture, and I always felt uncomfortable about it. But I played the game for a long time until I started being like, "Wait a second. This is not what I read about the God in the Bible." Yeah. Like especially, at, at like experience, like my experience as a woman, I'd be like man, Proverbs 31 is freaking progressive. Yeah, You have a business savvy, entrepreneurial, financial investor of a woman who (laughs) is, you know, starting businesses and buying investment properties, selling them for profit and uses her voice and wisdom comes out of her mouth. It's, it's also worth talking about that. All in the Old Testament, whenever wisdom is referred to, it's referred to in a feminine pronoun. That same feminine pronoun is used for the word Holy Spirit in Greek in the New Testament. And so, you know, we're, we're like, you know, God is a man. And it's like, well, but also, like, there's a feminine voice there that's been quieted. And then right. we see women like Lydia in the New Testament who's helping fund. Jesus's early ministry. We see Jesus talking to the woman at the well, which would have been the most scandalous thing for yes. a single man to be by himself midday with a woman. We see Jesus revealing himself first after the resurrection to a woman in a garden, yep. which is a place yep. where lovers rendezvous. Like, I'm not saying that Jesus and Mary were having an affair or anything, but I'm just saying, like, Jesus was scandalous and provocative with how he interacted with culture, with how he interacted with women, with how he interacted with the oppressed and disadvantaged. Yeah. The people who were the most ostracized from our culture felt safest in the presence of Jesus. Mm. They may have not felt safe That's in the good. church or with the religious people, but they felt safe, so known, seen, accepted, dignified by the person of Jesus. And so I started asking myself, does my life reflect that? Yeah. My life, my life, honestly, and I think this is the the large part of the Western church. We're the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. We just love judging and being right. Yep. You know, we so love. what's your what's your stance on this? What version of the Bible are you reading on this? What do you think about this? What about this? Oh, you're wrong about right. this. And right. then it's like Jesus like steps into like the experience and just blows everyone's like rules out of the water. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, man. Once I got to know, like, getting to know Jesus has been healing for me. Yeah, the church has been difficult. Yeah, (laughs) but getting to know Jesus has been very healing as a woman,
0: especially. Yeah, I would totally agree with that, and especially the church being, you know, uh, quick to, quick to ask questions to try and trap you. Mm. It's like, you know, I know one of my friends has a public platform and. Uh, had an interview question that was like, so what do you think about homosexuals? Mm. Well, okay, whoa, what's what's the motive here? Yeah. Are you trying to trap me or or do you really want to know my heart? Because mm. those kinds of things. And one thing I think Jesus was so good at, and I just call them coffee table conversations, mm-hmm. like these kind of conversations that are meant to be had to heal the heart, in my opinion, are best served across the table from each yeah. other and where it feels safe, where it feels like you have a warm latte to Mm -hmm. sip on while you're having these conversations, and well, I I do think they need to be happening on a public platform, but Mm -hmm. uh, in yes, absolutely, but because that'll start the the coffee table conversations. But there needs to be this like this thing that Jesus had, where people felt comfortable going to him with their burdens and with their junk, yeah, and in this. The same is true today, that we yeah. can feel comfortable going to him with our burdens and our junk and our questions, mm-hmm. our, our being like, you were, I was taught this thing about you, but this feels not true. Like this doesn't feel true in our relationship. Can you clarify this for me? Okay, I'm gonna tell you something that I'm kind of obsessed with. Jess Connolly told me about it and I'm not ever turning back for sure. It's called Nuuly. Basically, you subscribe and rent any six styles of clothes every month for 88 bucks. You get fast, free shipping and returns. There's no hidden fees and you can pause or cancel at any time. I gotta tell you, my favorite thing there is the free people dresses. And I have a referral code for you if you go to ainsleybritton.com forward slash links to get $10 off of your first box. As you're talking, I'm hearing these like moments of, multiple moments of impact or turning points that led you to finding your confident voice. Would you say mm-hmm. that's true? Or do you think there was one big one?
1: Oh yeah. I would say, you know, life and who we are is happens in the tiny everyday moments, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't just wake up and have lost 50 pounds, right? <laughs> <Like> <laughs> yeah, It's a process it's of day in, day out, <laughs> One of my, my pastor, John Tyson says, who he just constantly asks the questions. Who am I becoming? Who who am I becoming? Everything I am or am not doing every thought, every action or inaction, every step or misstep is all leading me down a path. Mm. Like, is it towards wholeness, freedom, truth, grace, (laughs) mercy, kindness, acceptance, Jesus, or is it death? Right. Like we, like, which way are we going and where are my decisions propelling me towards? Who am I becoming? And so I think like stepping into your confidence is making those tiny little, it's like, it's the tiny moment where, you know, a friend says something that might hurt your feelings and you don't want to make it a big thing, but it did hurt your feelings. So maybe you just won't say something. And then the next time they say something and it just hurts more and more, and then you just don't want to be friends with them anymore, as opposed to, Hey, you know, I know you probably didn't mean it that way. And perhaps I'm feeling sensitive right now about X, but it it hurt my feelings when you said that. Yeah. It made me feel small. Yeah. And I just wanted to clear the air about that. Could we have a we have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the, it's the little, it's, you know, how they say integrity is, is made in, in the darkness, you know, integrity is who I am when no one else is looking. Can I choose to show up for myself in the quiet? You know, I, this, I feel like this is a silly example, but this is one my mentor told me years ago. She said, loving yourself well is when you're driving home at night, and you know, you have to get up in the morning early to go to work and you realize your gas tank is on empty and you, even though you don't want to stop that night,
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: go and get gas at night because you know, in the morning, you're not going to want to go to the gas station because you're going to be running late. You're going to be tired. So loving yourself well is going to the gas station at night. And so mm-hmm. like, what are the little ways that you can love yourself, show up for yourself speak over yourself that I am someone who is worthy. I am someone who deserves to have a seat at the table. And, and just kind of back to what you were saying a few minutes ago is, you know, I just wonder when did the gospel, when did relationship with God and Jesus turn from being like Jesus alone, grace alone to Jesus plus your sexual identity? plus what you do or do not do between your legs, plus works, plus behaving well, plus playing by the rules of the, the American game, you know, or the Christian game. And you know, I, what I see in scripture, and it's not saying that my actions don't matter. It's just saying like, let's, can we just kind of go back to like Jesus at the cross next to the thief said, today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. He wasn't like, well, you did this. Like, what have you been doing? And have you been having sex or not? And right. <laughs> have you what's been on this? lying and what's your stance on this? And are you a Calvinist or an Arminianist or, you know, like, <laughs> are you, it's just like, no, today you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. Grace alone. It's they. it's solos Christos. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it feels like we've just hijacked the conversation about what it means to be a to have a seat at the table, see the, the tables, like, come on, come on. You have, you, you have permission to be here. doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you have done or haven't done or what you will do or will not do. Like you are welcome.
0: Right. And these conversations that, I mean, you're having are hard. This, this deconstruction and the conversations that lead to the reconstruction is hard. So do you have like tools that you, Use on a daily basis to help you, you know, fight the mean DMs or undo <laughs> what's what's been done or, or just in general. Like, do you have tools that help you choose confidence every day and and enable you to have these kind of conversations? Because your book is going to come out. There's going to be people who disagree with it. Yeah. So, are there some tools that you can kind of cling to, uh, that you can share with us on? How to stay confident?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say like one of the first things is, and this is going to sound like maybe weird and woo-woo is self-care.
0: Yeah.
1: And what I mean by that is like, how do I show myself that I am worthy of love? So for me, it's going back to the basics. Am I -hmm. sleeping well? Am I, you know, going to bed at a decent hour, getting, you know, average seven hours a night, eight if I'm lucky? Yeah. Am I eating three times a day? Am I setting myself up for success in my physical health? Am I sweating? When I, you know, when I move my body and sweat, I feel more connected to myself. I feel more connected totally. to God. It's, you know, decreases anxiety. It gets those good hormones going through my body, mm-hmm. prayer and meditation. My day starts, even if it's just 15 minutes, maybe even five minutes. Some days, some days it's an hour. Some days it's five minutes. Some days it's just listen to like a worship song. Sometimes I'm, I'm reading through the Bible, the Bible in the year thing, and I'm already like (laughs) 10 days behind. behind. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, how can I show up for myself in, in the reality that I am, I am a high worth human because I am breathing and because God said so. Yeah. So, how would I be being throughout my day if I really believed that? Part of that mm-hmm. is taking care of myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then, uh, just another thing I mean, I'm sitting in front of my computer. <laughs> I have like notes. I call them like truth bombs. <laughs> I have like sticky notes everywhere. I have them on my phone. I have them on timers. I have them in my calendar and just declaring truth over myself. So, you know, part of that is speaking the promises of God over myself, you know, whether it's, man, you know what, I'm single, I'm 35, and (laughs) there is no guy that I see right now. (laughs) It feels like a desert, but you know what, God says that God makes springs out of the desert. And God, mm-hmm. you know, and then we—that's in Isaiah, and then in Daniel we see that like God is able to do anything, and we see that the invitation of faith is leaning into the unseen, not just looking at reality. It's saying, okay, this might be the way things are, but with God we have a more ultimate reality that's possible. So I'm gonna lean into hope because Romans five says, hope does not put me to shame. And I'm gonna keep asking God for the breakthrough and the thing I long for because God says it's possible. So I'm speaking the promises of God over myself. And then I'm speaking just phrases that I need to hear. So one thing right now for me is I am a finisher. Mm. I'm the type of woman who Mm. finishes strong. So, and I write that out because I don't wanna finish strong. Oftentimes I'll get 50 minutes into an hour-long workout and be like, I tried harder than everyone else in this class. So I'm just gonna like bow out a few minutes early. Or I worked really, really hard on this project and I'm just gonna stop. Like (laughs) I'm good. My one of my cousins calls it like the three minute rule or the three-step rule. I'm sorry. And she talks about it with her kids, you know. You leave the towel on the floor. Just one, two, three steps. That's back on the rack. You know, (laughs) and so finishing strong. So, speak over yourself. Sometimes we have to preach, preach ourselves the truth until we start believing it. Yeah. You didn't always believe you were a piece of crap or unworthy of the type of love that you wanted or that you would not get the promotion or that you were destined to a life of financial insecurity. You didn't always believe that that Mm -hmm. message was spoken over you continuously until a neuropathway in your brain was created. in this like bicycle groove that said, this is how things are. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? We can shift the narrative. I think that's what scripture means when it says, take every thought captive we yeah. can recreate our neurological pathways. Just one of my friends, Ruthie Lindsay says, just because mm. you know, a story by heart doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. But so what are the stories that you're believing? Have the courage to go back to the root of those stories. Are they rooted in fear or freedom? they're fear? Let's, let's shift that up. Cause that's not God's heart for me. Let's start speaking those truth bombs over yourself. Um, And then this is kind of like a super practical thing is, you know, if I'm feeling insecure over my body and let's, let's be real. We've had a pandemic in the last year and there's been extra stress. Maybe, you know, there's some extra pounds on my body and I maybe I have felt maybe more confident over the way I looked a year or two ago, Mm -hmm. but guess what? My worth and value doesn't change. And so one Mm -hmm. thing is like getting in front of a near a mirror butt naked or when I'm out of the shower and like Mm -hmm. placing a hand on my belly or my thighs or the part of my body that I feel insecure about, or maybe I judge or have Mm. um, condemnation towards. And I just say, I love you. I accept you. Like Mm -hmm. you are worthy. And then I put my hands on my thighs. God, thank you that my thighs are touching because Mm -hmm. every step I take and they rub together is proof that I am living and breathing and these legs have taken me through my life on a great adventure and I'm grateful for them. Thank you, God, for these stretch marks. Yeah. Thank you, God. I accept them. They are beautiful. And, and so just literally, I think so much of confidence is speaking, identifying the chasm of, you know, what I say I believe about myself versus what I actually believe about myself and closing that gap by speaking mm. truth.
0: Yeah. That's so good. And that also, I'm thinking of like doing that and also relating it back to the fear versus freedom of your sexuality and uh, desire and how, I mean, I'm just thinking like, shoot, I need to do that more with um, our everyday life and and in the physical, like not only in the spiritual stuff, but also with that physical and the body image, you increase your body image, you increase. Or the, the positive body image, you increase the wanting to be desired and wanting to desire and that kind of thing. Um, have you seen the Sean Mendez documentary?
1: Sweet Sean. I just love I him love so him. much. He is such a precious head. I just, I don't mean He's that Sean, so if you're listening, <laughs> if you're not, I mean that in a condescending way at all. I think he just seems like he has such a tender and sweet, sweet. heart. I know,
0: and I was. If Camila
1: Cabello breaks his heart, I'm gonna die.
0: <laughs> also, call me. <laughs> um, it, so it, I'm, I was watching that, and I was looking at his journal. He like mm-hmm. writes over and over. He writes those truth bombs, like you're talking yeah. about. He just writes it over and over. And um, I was just thinking, like, how precious that that practice is mm-hmm. for so many people. It's not just like us, like. I'm hearing you say that, and I'm like, you're not the only person that does this. Like other people are doing this, so we need to learn from the people who are doing these practical things and step into them and mm-hmm. try them out. My gosh, yeah. just try it out. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, his, I think, little, his little image, his little face came to my mind. He's so sweet. Journal. It just
1: journals. He's so vulnerable. <laughs> No, but I think Christians can be super weird about that stuff about, you know, quote unquote manifestation or vision boards or whatever. And Mm -hmm. you know what, like speaking truth over yourself always matters is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Isaiah 55 says, as the water comes down from the heavens and waters the plants and yields crop and does not go back to the heavens until it accomplishes that which God purposes. That's how God's truth is. Mm -hmm. God's truth never returns back void. So whether I'm like, Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so, or, you know, for God's love the world, or I'm like, I am worthy. I am loved. I am seen. I, I am a finisher. Yeah. Whether I'm speaking a Bible verse over someone, or I just with my presence, walk into a room, walk into a space and speak life and encouragement over someone versus engaging in negativity or gossip or speaking what I see instead of speaking possibility. Like Mm -hmm. it's just so easy to see the reality. Oh, the world today, it's just worse than ever and everything's falling apart. Okay. But like the invitation of faith is speaking possibility over people over myself. And so call that woo woo, call whatever (laughs) you want to call it. I'm just going to sit here with my vision board and speak truth over myself.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I mean, whenever I do those things, it makes me believe what the Lord says about me, thus increasing my faith. Right. Right. Like when, when I repeat those things, those are God's promises. Like he Mm -hmm. says that I'm worthy. He says that I'm created in his image. Like those things, are important to believe because Mm -hmm. they, then you're believing the Lord's words about you. Right. Like it's, so what, like, if you could just give one piece of advice from, which I know is like nearly impossible, but I just know there's one person that needs this one piece of advice from your book. Like, what would you say? They're younger, they're less confident, they're questioning
1: all of these things. What would you pull from it? I would say you have the permission to ask hard questions. Mm -hmm. You have the permission to doubt. If God is real, and I think God is, Mm -hmm. God doesn't have a fragile ego. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: God isn't threatened by your questions, by your doubts, by you pressing back or pushing back. Um, There's, I think it's Grace Hopper. She said, you might have to do like a, uh, fact check on fact that, check. but, um, says like the most dangerous phrase in, in language is it's always been done this way. Oh yes. And so to, to my younger self, I say, you are allowed to not take things at face value. You are yeah. allowed to do your own digging. You are allowed yeah. to ask questions that are going to probably piss people off. Yep. And that's, Okay, you okay. are allowed to do those things. You're allowed to feel it, listen to your gut, your body's speaking to you. Your body's mm-hmm. not bad. I have a lot of things I would say <laughs> to this person,
0: <laughs> but yeah, and I think probably
1: you have the permission. Yeah, I love that. You have a book's worth of things, yeah,
0: <laughs> and hopefully more, more after that. But yeah. where can, um, where's the book available?
1: Tell us a little bit about that. You can get the book everywhere um amazon barnes and noble books a million audible kindle everywhere you can go to my website therefinedwoman.com and get it you can i have a the url url code is bit.ly slash cat dash sexless and that will take you to a direct link to purchase but Just type in your Google sexless in the city, Kat Harris, (laughs) and it'll pop up (laughs) and it'll pop up. Um, So, yeah, I
0: love that. I can't wait. And as this process unfolds, I mean, how can we cover you in prayer? What can we, how can we pray for you? What can we do as a community outside of obviously getting, downloading, listening to, buying, reading all of that, but
1: how can we be intentional with praying over you? Thank you. I really appreciate that. I would say that God would just, oh, here's what I keep praying because it's Mm. so easy to get into the logistics of every single thing and publicity campaigns and all the things, but like success is if a human reads this book and encounters like a gracious, loving God. Mm. And that's what I want. You know, I want, and so I want, the reach of this message to go as far and high and wide and deep as god wants it mm-hmm. i want a generation of people who feel pretty much about done with christianity cuz they're done with the shame yeah to encounter a god who says like i love you like like maybe leave some of the the framework that got you here but like i am good jesus is good like i love you i am here for you yeah and so i just I just want that message protected. I want I want the person who feels outcast from the church to read my book and mm-hmm. feel seen and known by God. I want the yep. person who is in church who is like, "Man, I've been having these questions, but I feel like I'm not allowed to ask them." I want them yeah. to read my stuff and feel like, "Oh wow, like I can ask them. I can ask God these hard questions." Um So, yeah, I just I think I feel so protective over like my little like community on the interwebs. And so I just want like God's like blessing and presence and over over them and over me during the process. I mean,
0: (laughs) and where can we hang out with you online? What's your Instagram website, all of that?
1: Yeah. So I have a weekly podcast called the refined collective, which I love. Thank you so much. (laughs) You can listen to it anywhere on iTunes, Spotify, all the things. And then my website and Instagram are both the refined woman.
0: Amazing. I love it so much. Thank you for hanging out. You're awesome. And I can't stinking wait. I know I've said it (laughs) 15,000 times, but it's true. That's how excited I am. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to share it. And I appreciate you being open and honest on this in this space. Thank oh, you so much. Thank you, all. thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritain.com. See y'all later.